The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. Episode 16 of the Ice Hour, a D3 Wrestling Podcast brought to you by My House Sports Gear. Today, heading east as we've been kind of living in the Midwest here recently. We're going back east to York, Pennsylvania, and visiting with Division Three Hall of Famer and the head coach of the York College Spartans, Dwayne Bastris. Coach Bastris, welcome to the Ice Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So when I, I got to tell a little story, and you don't know this. We haven't prepped or anything like this, but... When I first got really experienced and involved in Division Three wrestling is when I moved to Pennsylvania, working for the NWCA with Intermat in 2005, and with all the great Division Three programs in that area, you know, I went down to E Town and and over to Gettysburg and down to York, and I, it really exposed me to Division Three wrestling. But there was a moment when I realized one, Dwayne Bastris was a bad dude, and two, this guy was one of the best wrestlers in the country. And let me set the stage for you. Two, I think it was 2006. Rec Hall at Penn State, and uh, you were on a team at York, uh, coached then by Tom Kessler, that beat Division I Clarion in a dual meet, and that said Clarion was like all bent out of shape. This is a sad (laughs) day in Clarion wrestling, and it was like a signature win for York College. I remember you got a fall in that duel, and I was like, did I just see a Division III team beat a Division I team? I mean, that that was like my first introduction to who Dwayne Bastris was. Well, yeah, that's not a bad first impression to make on you. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I still remember that to this day. So, I mean, that was obviously a great win at the time, but even probably more importantly for the program overall, it was definitely something that we still, buddies of mine, still talk about to this day. Yeah, and for those who are unfamiliar, it's like, how the heck would that happen? Well, that was a, a short-lived event called the PA State Duels, and Penn State hosted it. In the uh, Troy Sunderland era, Lehigh came over, Pitt Johnstown came up, Clarion, I think uh, Williamson Trade, I think, was even in there. I mean, it was like Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and, and, you know, UPJ would always hang tough with the D1s, but ultimately just didn't have the depth. But then here comes here comes York College. I mean, I, I don't even think you guys were ranked super high in Division Three that year. I mean, I think you were ranked, but it was like, whoa, I think it was like 1817 or something like that. It was just like, did that just happen? <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that was early in my senior year, so we kind of were flying under the radar um, at that time. But, I mean, the ball got rolling, and all of a sudden, before you know it, here we are. We just beat a Division One team. Um, now, the next match, we kind of ran into a buzzsaw called Penn State. Um, but for that moment, it was sweet to beat a Division One team. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as we circle back and talk about your role now as the head coach, entering your fourth year, and uh, Corey King, where your assistants basically, he reached out over the summer and said, the joke around the office is now you're entering your fourth first year as the head <laughs> coach there because there was some, well, there's incidents we'll talk about as, as we go through year one through year four. But, uh, you know, getting settled a full-time position, what do you expect from your program this year and, and all the all the stuff that you guys have had to go through for the last couple of years? 
Uh, I mean, our goals have always kind of been the same, even um, when I was a part-time to begin my career, coaching uh, career. But uh, we want to bring home some All-Americans, hopefully a couple national champs, um, beat a couple, get some signature dual meet wins. Um, but, I mean, that's really our goal for all of our guys, especially the top 10 guys that we have at each weight, just telling them, hey, let's go out, bring home some hardware come March uh, for the national tournament. You know, coming from an alumni standpoint and then getting that that position as a head coach when you know it starts out part-time then full-time, what was the level of pride that you have for York College and being able to sit there and coach your alma mater? Uh, I mean, York holds a special place in my heart. They kind of gave me a second chance uh, when I left the Division One level. Uh, I mean, it was a perfect fit. And then take over for Coach Kessler, who is a legend here at the school and uh, in Division Three was – it's an honor. I mean, it's something that I take a lot of pride in, hopefully taking our program to the next next level that he kind of built upon. One thing Coach Kessler's teams that I always had was just monstrous rosters. I mean, what was it like wrestling in that era where you're like, geez, you're, you're meeting guys, running into guys, wait, you're on the team? What? How many guys have we got on this team anyhow? Uh, I mean, it was good. It, it added a lot of, obviously, depth, um, a lot of competition. Um, so, I mean, it was – Good. I mean, but at the same time, it sometimes got a little hectic when you have 50 some guys in a room or 40, 40 to 50 guys in a room trying to wrestle all at the same time or taking breaks here and there. So um, it had a good and bad. When when you left Bloom and, and came came to York, what were your expectations and what did you know about Division three, uh, you know, as a competitor and what, what ultimately said, all right, you know, I can be successful here. Uh, well, the funny story is when I left Bloom. Uh, my coach or my cousin um, wrestled here at York. I came and watched him wrestle uh, when I was growing up. Um, so when I left Bloom and he was, hey, why don't you come check out York? Um, and the first time that I really met Coach Kessler was he took me over to his house. We're sitting there talking, um, and he has the Cowboys game on. Now, he's a huge Cowboys fan. I'm a huge Steelers fan. Um, and I told Coach, like, this will probably be the only thing we ever disagree on. Um, who's better but once I met coach Kessler everything clicked here um, it felt it felt like a family I felt at home I felt very comfortable here um, so like I said and then once probably uh, getting into meeting some of the guys kind of calling my still to this day I calls most of them my brothers um, it just every like I said everything kind of clicked it fell into the place at the right time for me you know having that familiarity with the school because of your family member that wrestled here but when at, at what point did you realize that when you get you're starting to compete division three level and you're like wait a minute you know that that whole like I was a division one kid I should be kind of wrecking these guys was that in your head or did you find out real quickly that wait whoa these guys don't care who I am they're 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 tough here. Uh, I kind of came in with uh, expectations that hey division three is tough. I mean I've seen I saw I mean obviously as a wrestler you check and I always looked at who was wrestling at certain places. Um, I still say to this day, my sophomore year, when I first started wrestling in New York, we were up at uh, North-South Duels, and I lost to a kid from Johnson and Wales. Um, I'll say that's probably my best loss I ever had because when I came off the mat, it allowed my teammates to see, like, okay, he's he's like one of us. He's beatable. He's not this invincible kind of Division One kid. Um, and from there, the monkey was kind of off my back and off the guy's back, um, and they kind of realized, like, okay, he's one of us. He can compete at this level. But it also, for me, kind of kind of woke me up a little bit like, okay, it's not going to be as easy as 
what a lot of some Division One guys think when they come to the the Division Three level. That Johnson and Wales kid, by chance, wasn't named Lenhart, was it? Because they had like fifteen <laughs> of them. Uh, I feel like it was. I I know. He, I mean, it was a scrap. It was. Uh, but like I said, when I lost, it was kind of like take a deep breath. I mean, obviously, you're upset that you lose a match, but it was also one of them like, hey, the monkey's off my back now. I can relax and just go out and start wrestling. What what clicked for you your junior year? Uh, I think it started sophomore year at Nationals, watching guys that I know I could beat, um, getting on the, the podium and realizing, like, hey, when I, when I come back here, I never want to be without being on top of that podium. And then uh, spending time all, in the summer training and working hard and working with coaches to refine some of my stuff on top and um, in neutral. Um, and I think really once – once we kind of, I bumped up in weight. I went up from 74 to 84, so I wasn't cutting as much weight. I was able to kind of enjoy uh, wrestling a little bit more. And I would say probably during that preseason, something just kind of clicked that I was like, I feel like I can do this. Um, even though at the time, like I wasn't ranked or anything, but uh, coach and I felt like, hey, we're, we can do something special this year. Hey, coaches usually use the term jump levels, and we're, we're seeing it used a lot in the media now to, to see when a kid, especially at the high school level or earlier in his college career, goes from being, you know, you know, marginally and, and middling in there to, to an All-American contender to a national championship contender. What was the biggest thing that helped you jump a level in that junior year to be like, okay, I'm not just ready to be an All-American. I'm ready to just pound people and be a national champion. I think the mental preparation, uh, I mean, that was the big thing for me. I mean, I tell our guys now, but like when I would go out for runs, I would re- play a match in my head from the time I shook the opponent's hand to every situation or everything I would go through. Um, so in that three and a half mile run, I went through a whole match. And by the time I wrestled a match, I've already kind of did it once sort of speak in my head. So I was, I felt like I was a couple of moves ahead. Um, and you, you always hear how athletes say like everything slows down for me. That's how it felt like, okay, now everything's nice and slow. I can think like I'm, couple of moves ahead of these guys so i would definitely say the mental preparation that was i mean coach kessler helped with that but um an assistant coach coach lency was big on the mental preparation for me my junior and senior year so you finish your career as a two-time national champ in that that senior year you're the returning national champ and you're wrestling one of six wartburg guys who made the finals that <laughs> year they won pretty comfortably uh, akeem carter you win in overtime the experience, I've, you know, having gone to Division Three championships every year since 2009, I, I see what the crowd is like when a Wartburg guy loses, and <laughs> or an Augsburg guy for that matter. Now, what's the pressure like for you in that situation? You're against the Buzzsaw program. There, you know, it's it's something that you know this is one of the two teams to beat. Yeah, but you're the return. You should be the favorite here. Yet, you know, you've you've got everybody that's not a Berg rooting for you. You know what what's that like to win in that type of environment? Uh, I mean, my senior year, I was kind of blessed because we wrestled at a college in New Jersey. So I had a lot of family and friends that didn't get a chance to see me wrestle, uh, be there. Um, the crowd was amazing. I mean, it it's something special when you're wrestling a Warburg and Allsburg kid because not only do you have your fans rooting, but all of a sudden you have the Luthers, the the Allsburgs or the Warburgs, depending on who you're wrestling, the Wisconsin lacrosse is going nuts for you. Uh, so all of a sudden you go from, let's say, a couple hundred fans to maybe a thousand or so fans that are going. So that that definitely fires you up. Um, 
and especially for my senior year, I mean, me and Akeem wrestled earlier in the year, had a, a really close match. Um, I know he was going for title number three, um, and I was going for my second title. So um, I was definitely more focused and ready to rock and roll. Um, I mean, it didn't matter if you had a warper, singlet on or what, but, um, but yeah, the fans were that year were, were awesome. Do matches like that really make you appreciate the sport more knowing that, you know, it's the, the credentials you guys had hitting each other. I mean, if this was the same, the same guys in a division, one thing people would be talking about it as one of the greatest things of all time, you know, kind of like we saw with, with Snyder and Gwizdowski last year at heavyweight division mm-hmm. one, we got the, you know, the world champ versus the, the guy going for three. In a Division Three, you know that kind of was under the radar. The Division Three fans knew about it, but you know, situations like that, and you you appreciate wrestling. I mean, how much of that moment do you still think about and be like, man, that was just a really really cool moment? Uh, I mean, every year, what I'm trying to talk to our guys about, hey, this is my our dream and our goals here for you to achieve what I got to achieve. So I think about it. I mean, I know last year when Akeem got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I definitely brought up some memories of that day and that that match and that night and just the the level of competition that I mean you're wrestling like you said Division three national finals but that level of talent um, is there um, it's definitely good memories to have I mean my dad still talks about it to this day so he gets all fired up about it when your career ends you you, you go into the world of mixed martial arts uh, you, you end up fighting for Bellator for a while and what was the decision to go into MMA? Was that something you'd always kind of had an interest in or, uh, you know, was that something like it was just right for the moment? Uh, I actually was asked to help train a guy, a uh, local pro fighter started helping him out. And then they said, Hey, how do you feel about fighting a couple amateur fights? Um, I did that. Then I got told I couldn't fight any more amateur fights, um, by the PA athletic commission. So I said, well, let's try turning pro and see what happens. Um, I mean, it was, it never was something that I was like, hey, I definitely want to do that. As soon as I graduate, it just kind of was the right time, um, right place, right time kind of moment. Yeah, and then the time comes, uh, Coach Kessler steps down, and there's the opening, and there's there's a significant stoppage in your MMA career. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, August 2013 is your last fight. <laughs> September 13, you're the new coach. So uh, mm-hmm. was that a discussion you got you had with the administration? Be like, hey, if you're going to be the coach, um, no fighting, or was that something that you were just kind of past that moment at that point? Uh, kind of something past that moment. I mean, my administration was, hey, I mean, they were supportive if I decided to keep doing it, but uh, it was kind of a decision I had to make. Do I want to pursue my MMA career, and or do I want to give 100% to this coaching career and see where we can kind of take this program? Um, I mean, the dream's always been to be a college coach, a head college coach somewhere. So, I mean, at the older moderate kind of held a little higher regard. So at that time, it was, hey, it's time to kind of put the MMA fighting career on the back burner and focus on coaching. Now, how soon into your first year does does it hit the fan with, you know, the the, the hazing allegations and, and things like that that really, really painted the school in a bad light, but you know, here it is. You're the head coach. Like what the heck's going on here, man? I mean, how did, how did you deal with that situation? What was the timeline like back then? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think that was, I got named head coach. I would say that happened in October, uh, October 12th. Um, I'm sitting at the time I'm a part-time coach. So I'm sitting at my, my other job and I get an email, anonymous email. Um, <laughs> 
and I'm, I had to read it a couple of times because I couldn't believe what I was reading. Um, and then kind of the snowball effect, I mean, reported it to uh, my athletic director. Hey, here's what I just got. Uh, had a bunch of meetings with the guys to try to figure out what would happen. And then, like you said, everything hit the fan in a hurry um, for the next probably month or so. And we just kind of had to keep our head above water, kind of keep a to make sure we could stay and hopefully keep our season the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing situations like you know recently with the, with the Columbia group texting thing or the the you know where they they shut the program down to investigate, and then you know Harvard's men's soccer team for you know the, you know these are varying degrees of severity, but they shut down their season. So you know in in that era. You don't know what's going to happen, but how did it, you know, what was the response like from your administrators? They were like, okay, hey, Dwayne, we know this, this isn't you here, but uh, we've, we've got to do something. I mean, you know, shutting down a program, that, that's really not good for exposure. No, and I mean, I, I am, I'm blessed to have a great administration, um, Dr. GS and uh, Paul, our athletic director, my boss, said nothing but supportive since I took over. So there was a lot of conversations. Um, like, Hey, we got to investigate, kind of get down to the bottom of everything. Um, with that being said, we had to miss our first two competitions of the year, kind of pull out of them, uh, to kind of make sure, Hey, is this the right thing to do? And, and there was discussions. Do we shut it down for the year? Do we shut it down for a semester? Um, ultimately we came up with shut it down for two competitions, get to the bottom of everything. Um, and then from there, some guys, some individuals were suspended for a little bit longer or shorter, depending on the severity of what they were involved in. Um, but all along, the administration and myself um, and my coaching staff were on the same page. So that was definitely a lot easier to kind of go through than if they were just making decisions. Yeah, situations in in controversy like this isn't really in the head coaching playbook there is no real pattern of okay here's what we do I mean what did you learn from that experience and that you were able to move forward and move past to be like all right you know that's behind us let's get ready for year two (laughs) well you're right there is no uh no playbook or no like hey when you take over as head coach this could happen here's what you do um I mean I tried to reach out to a couple of mentors um at the same time I mean, your head's spinning trying to figure it out. So I think after that happened, uh, it definitely uh, – we were in a cultural change at the time as well, so trying to establish the culture I wanted. So we got rid of, obviously, a couple of kids. Uh, not the way that we really would have liked, but it happened. Uh, so year two starts. We're kind of still trying to establish, like, hey, this is – like Co- Corey always says, this is your first, second year of college coaching. Um so, I mean, it was obviously a little, a little difficult. You had some guys that were coming back that were a little still hesitant from um, the thing. I would say we had a couple incoming freshmen that obviously everybody knew about it. So when you're recruiting them, got to let the parents know, like, hey, it's an isolated incident. It'll never happen again here. Um, everybody's learned from it. Like, I can promise, like, we'll take care of your son for the next four or five years. Um, so I think transition is year two was a little bit smoother heading into that one. Yeah, but how do you how do you try to repair an image when recruiting? Because you know, even in Division three, recruiting is it's cutthroat. You know, coaches. Yeah. You know, some 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 are going to be above it and not use it to their advantage, and others are going to use it to their advantage. And you know, how do you combat that? You know, you kind of explained on you know you've got to take care of your 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 recruit for four to five years, but 
when when it comes time to approach some of those coaches, I mean, how do you, how do you say, hey, knock that crap off? Uh, I mean, I I mean, there was obviously when you're recruiting, like you said, there's some coaches that'll use it as negative recruiting. Um, when I mean, when you're talking to a kid like that, like um, I've never really confronted a coach about it. I feel like, hey, if if his ethics want him allow to kind of use it, hey, go more power to him. Um, but I know the program, I know the tradition, I know myself, and I know my coaching staff that we're going to overcome this. So I think a lot of it is when I was recruiting kids, trying to meet them face-to-face, let them meet me, see how what I'm about, what our coaching staff's about, what our guys are about. Um, I really think helped that. And then the guys that we had returning were great in making sure our image, we started to really repair our image and long, locally but nationally with certain things we were doing, community service, reaching out to people and stuff like that. So then the situation comes around like, okay, you're no longer going to be a part-time guy. The, the school mm-hmm. goes, this is a full-time position. How much of a game changer was that for you, not just professionally but personally? Uh, I mean, it was huge. I mean, at the time, um, I was working at an alternative ed school, and I get the I get the, the call, I should say, or the – the text from my boss Paul and says, "Hey, can you stop in my office uh, later today when we get to school?" So of course, everybody gets a little nervous when they hear that from their boss. Um, but he came in and said, "Hey, look, we want to go and make this a full time position um, right away." Uh, so the middle of beginning of February, I mean, it, everything probably within a week or so, it was leaving my full time job to transition into a full time coach. Uh, now kind of adapt into, hey, what's it like to be on campus all day, every day to help these guys? Um, so, I mean, it definitely happened kind of like a whirlwind, um, but it was definitely the best best thing for the program. So setting into year three now, like you said, like Corey said, it's year three was year one. You've got a whole new set of circumstances presenting yourself. Now you're on campus the whole time. Uh, you know, I, I believe Coach Kessler was a, was a professor on campus, correct? Uh, he actually teaches at a local high school. Okay, so I knew he was he was pretty close. I knew that. Mm-hmm. But so now you're there full time, and you've got great facilities. I, I, I've just I marvel at how well a, a school like that in Division Three has had has just great facilities. I know there's been some construction done uh, probably within the last ten years since I last saw it. But now you've got something different. You walk into a situation. You've got two years under your belt. You're like, okay, full time coach at my alma mater. What changes? What changes in terms of you know the mentality? How much time you can spend? I mean, how much did that decision kind of escalate your timeline for success at the program? Uh, I think, in all reality, probably moved it up a little bit. Uh, I mean, like I said, I was here to be full, like I'm full time now, so I can. If one of my guys wants to work out at nine a.m., I'm there with him um, instead of saying, "Hey, wait till three thirty when I get to school." Um, I, Probably the most important thing is the relationships um, that I was able to build with my my guys. Um, just being on campus, hey, they can stop in my office any time of the day. We can talk either wrestling or life or uh, whatever it might be. Um, I would say that was probably the most significant impact, um, get, becoming closer with a lot of them. Um, but obviously, when you're a full-time coach, you can devote more time to recruiting, making sure you're reaching out to the level of kids that you want to get to, uh, more time with the practice planning and making sure everything in the program is taken care of instead of trying to do it at night uh, like I used to when I was part-time. When recruiting now as a full-time coach 
And you've got that ability, like you said, to be there at 9 a.m. if a guy needs to work out. How much does that change your recruiting process when when you know you get d3 coaches that are still part-time and sometimes you know you're using the fact that you're a full-time coach that is a recruiting advantage how mm-hmm. much how important is that to the kids that you've seen and recruited here in this last cycle uh, i think it's huge i mean that's i think that's something that parents probably more so than the kids think about um i've had a lot of parents ask me so you're full-time yep i'm usually the first coach here the last one to leave every night um so I think they like that. Hey, coach is here all day, every day for my son. Um, it's kind of a, like a support thing. Um, I feel like a comfort thing. Uh, like I said, I th- <clears throat> are the guys that we have that I've recruited now. Um, I mean, the seniors now will be my first recruiting class um, have blossomed under that relationship building, knowing, hey, I kind of have an open door policy. They can come in, stop in any time to talk. Um, so it's definitely helped. Um, with getting more kids on campus as well during visits instead of always wait till three or four or five or six o'clock at night. Now I can do a visit at 9 a.m. if a kid works for their schedule and that. So it definitely helps in that process as well. When it comes to goals of the program, the administrators at Wartburg and Augsburg, for example, they expect national championships or contend for a national championship each year. Uh, the programs that are on the rise are looking for trophies and, and maybe be in that, that discussion to say, hey, if things fall right, and we get enough guys through, we can contend for a national title. What is the administration at York College's goals for these programs and, and benchmarks they set for you to be like, you know, is it number of All-Americans? Is it qualifiers? I mean, how do they see uh, the success level of this program being important to its, you know, obviously they're hiring you full-time, so there's there's an investment in the program. Mm-hmm. And how much emphasis there is, is let's, let's win some stuff here. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously there's an emphasis because it's college athletics, so winning is the key. Um, I mean, they they obviously want us to bring home some All-Americans, hopefully a couple of national championships, uh, definitely a team trophy uh, in the next few years. Um, I think probably more importantly um, here, at, and I'm, I, I speak for our institution, but just building good overall um, athletes, but more importantly guys of character, integrity, um, we want them to be good citizens when they leave here. Um, so I think that's they probably put a more of an emphasis on that. Obviously, they want us to win game matches and um, and get the accolades, but they want us to have 30 to 40 solid individuals that can go out and make a difference um, in the real world when they graduate. Now, you say 30 to 40. A lot of the draws with Division three programs, adding wrestling, is the amount of male students they can bring on campus in an, in an era where female attendance is 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 growing and you need need an effort to get wrestling on campus now York's never had a problem with numbers but how do you mm-hmm. manage such numbers how did coach Kessler manage numbers what have you leaned on him in terms of getting advice from him on how to manage such such big numbers uh i mean like i said he was kind of the the guy to follow in his footsteps with managing numbers i think you just have to to know your athletes, uh, know, Hey, who do I have to give a little more attention to? Who do we, who can I let go a little bit? Um, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's nice now that I'm full time that I can give more attention to guys. I have three great assistants that are here pretty much every day of the week, uh, to help. Um, and they'll take on certain responsibilities to help me as well. Um, but I mean, right now we try to keep our roster right around, 40 guys that's manageable for practice i mean you always got those injuries and stuff like that um but that way you can 
giving equal time to pretty much everybody uh, when you keep it around that that level, I should say, that numbers. Is it a struggle to recruit in Pennsylvania? I mean, there's so many Division ones, Division twos, Division threes. I mean, there's it's it's a large collection of college opportunities, and you've got a room of forty guys. That that seems to be that there's a demand to wrestle at the next level. What have you done to tap into that to say, you know what, you know, even if it's a phone call, say, yeah, I'm interested in you coming to New York. What what makes it work to get kids from Pennsylvania to to stay home and and give Division three an ap- an option? I think the big thing is just letting them know, hey, the level of competition. I mean, when we talk about being an All-American and national champs, uh, when you get out to the national tournament, you're wrestling those Division One, uh, your top Division Two caliber kids. Um, so if you want to go and wrestle that level of competition, we'll. I mean, I have no problem going wrestling anybody anytime. Uh, but we'll we're going to seek out that level. Um, so I think guys like that. I think guys also. Um, for Division Three, there's not as much pressure on them as there is at the Division One level. Um, so some guys like that, they like the. Sm- I mean, we're a small college, so they like the small class size um, as well. I think that's kind of our big things. Like, hey, look, you're going to wrestle that level of competition, but you're not going to have the pressure of what it's like to compete at the Division One level. Um, it's not going to be kind of like a full, full time, fifty to sixty hour job like it might be at the Division One level. Um, here at York, we we want you to love the sport and enjoy enjoy it over the year four or five years, depending on how long you're here for. When it comes to competition, uh, you know, we'll get to the realignment discussion here later. But <laughs> but you're in a, in a spot where you are you don't really have to travel very far to get good quality competition, whether it be you know down into Maryland or now Virginia's got a lot more Division three schools you know within the state of Pennsylvania over to Jersey and Ohio. There's you don't have to make long trips to get a diverse group of of competitors and with the way the realignment is you can actually go probably 10 miles in either direction and you've got teams from three different regions so uh scheduling i mean that's something that that can't be super difficult with with the plethora of teams yes i use the word plethora of teams in in the vicinity there of york college no i mean there like you said i mean there's tons of schools around that we can go out and wrestle um so that's what's nice i mean we're at the luxury that we can pick the tougher teams if we want um but i mean we've we've gone down the whole way down to southern virginia last year uh to wrestle we've gone out to ohio new jersey we went up to roger williams this year uh to wrestle so i mean we're going out and seeking those top level teams and programs to challenge ourselves um, and ultimately get our guys ready so it's kind of a, a benefit kind of where we're at where our college is located with who we can kind of pick and choose to wrestle year in and year out so in developing the rivalries, when when there's an event you circle on the schedule and your kids get amped up for, I mean, when when it comes to wrestling, who does York get up for in dual meets? Um, I will say TC and Jays was a rival of ours when I wrestled here. So um, I say all the older alumni, I usually get text messages when we wrestle them and we beat them. I also get text messages if we wrestle them and lose to them. Um, but I would say probably in the recent years, Messiah has probably been is the new the new big time rival that come February third when we travel up there uh, to their home gym, um, our guys will definitely be amped up and ready to ready to go. So um, Messiah is probably our number one rival right now uh, in the most recent years. 
and what's what's their success done for for the teams around them and trying to say, all right, well, these guys are are seeing success. There's no reason we we got to keep up with them. I mean, they we were beating them a couple of years ago. Now they're passes. Mm-hmm. We got we got to hang tight. We got to we got to contend here. Oh, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, it's it like you said, it's a measuring stick for our program and our guys to kind of see like, okay, that's we talk about beating them and competing with them. Well, now we know kind of where they're at and what do we have to do to get there. So. I think it makes us work harder um, and our individuals. It makes us make sure we're recruiting uh, the right caliber of kids to obviously compete and hopefully beat them, but also compete with some of the top-level teams in Division III. Um, so I think, if anything, their success in recent years has helped um, probably not only our area, but the East Coast in wrestling, um, kind of to say, hey, look, this East Coast team can compete with the big boys um, at the Division Three level. Got to ask, when you hear East Coast timeout, does it drive you nuts? <laughs> uh, it does sometimes, but at the same time, I, I find it funny whenever um, I hear the Midwest timeout um, from some teams. Um, but, yeah, that, that cracks me up. Hey, it's all in good fun. It gets the fans fired up. Uh, it gets the guys fired up, so it's fun. makes a good atmosphere. Yeah, when they were out in the Hershey a couple years ago, I didn't I didn't hear a whole lot. I did hear one section of Luther fans try to start it, and they looked around there. They realized they were crammed in between TC and J, <laughs> Del Val, and Centenary. They're like, um, East Coast. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's the one thing I love about the Division Three tournament, and that's something that. How do you explain? And I I I'd love every coach in Division Three to explain what that division three finals is like, what that tournament's like with the Luther fans, with their chant and you know, the, you, the whitewater fan. I mean, there are just factions of fans. Wabash brought their team out East to Hershey I, with, with great crowds. I mean, we've seen it from, from Delval Messiah's got a huge crowd now. I mean, the experience of the division three tournament is, is unlike any other I've ever seen. I've been, you know, obviously I've seen all these big tournaments, but the division three is so unique. What is your selling point? to these athletes to, to explain what the division three championships is like? Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I try to explain to our guys, especially the guys that make to the national tournament. Um, like, Hey, be ready for, I know we might have like, like the last year, I think we may had 15 fans. I said, but when you wrestle a Luther, if you wrestle a, a Warburg and Osberg, you're going to gain a couple hundred fans in about 30 seconds. Once that whistle blows, um, and every year that it happens or you, our guys get to watch somebody else wrestle like an Osberg or Warburg and then everybody else is cheering for them. They're like, that's an awesome experience to see, uh, the other teams cheering. Um, but at the same time, as soon as you wrestle their guy, they're all rooting against you. Um, but I mean, it's something that you gotta, you try to explain to athletes. Um, but I think it's more if they get to experience, Hey, that cheering, that, just that atmosphere, it makes them want to get back. It makes them, their teammates want to get there to experience when they come home in March and, hey, this is what it was like out there at the national tournament. You guys would love it. Uh, the crowds are awesome. The fans, I mean, it's it's a good atmosphere um, to be a part of and to be around. I understand the announcer's pretty good too, but I know I just, uh, I, but I digress as we, as we move forward here. <laughs> yeah, he's not too bad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, I did everything I could. We made about 40 minutes without me talking about me. Go figure. But uh, as, as we wrap up this episode, uh, you know, just give us some final goals this year, what you're expecting from your team. I mean, guys that we can hope to see in lacrosse. And, you know, you know, you've got a pretty good dual meet record. You just, you're just finished up a tournament not that long ago. I mean, what's, what's on the goal 
uh, for the docket this year. What's the what are the doc? What are the goals on the docket? Yeah, let's try that again uh, for York College this season. Uh, I mean, obviously, our goals academically, we want to be we want to try to get at least ten um, academic All Americans. Um, T wants to have over a three point three GPA team GPA at the end of the year. Uh, wrestling wise, it's goals are simple. Hopefully, bring home some national champs. Um, all Americans, and I, I mean, with Ryan Flynn at 33, who's now ranked second, um, Greg Warner, who was an all returning All American for us. Uh, those two are obviously the headliners of the program, uh, but we have a lot of young guys that are just on the cusp of getting to that level, um, and that's hopefully when we head into the second semester, uh, they'll turn it up and um, kind of be able to see that. And then obviously, I mean, dual dual meets it's february 3rd it obviously is a big date for us as a team uh dual meet but compete for a regional crown um is kind of the big things Greg warner i think i ran into him at the elevator last year in cedar rapids but anyway that's a different story entirely but uh all right coach bastress and 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 the last thing i want to ask what's the best thing about being a division three athlete and the best thing about being a division three wrestling coach best thing about being a division three athlete is just wrestling, I mean, competing in a sport that you love. Um, I think the small, kind of the school setting, the just the atmosphere of the national tournament, but the fans and camaraderie of all Division Three um, coaches and wrestling community. Um, being a head coach, getting to ex- share the same experiences as that I went through with my athletes, and hopefully they beat a bunch of our records and my records that I've set here. Um, I would say, but that's probably my two two biggest things. All right, Coach, we look forward to seeing you down the line. You want to follow them this year, go to ycpspartans.com. Uh, good schedule right there, and uh, we'll see you in lacrosse. All right, sounds good. Talk online.com.